podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Celtic State of Mind. It's Monday afternoon and I'm Paul John Dykes. Delighted this afternoon to be joined by Jerry Taylor and Asim Rabani. What a star-studded lineup we have for you today. The football's back, your trampolines lying in your neighbour's <laughs> garden. But as long as Celtic are back, everything is good. Jerry Taylor, first and foremost, brilliant to see you back, my friends. How you been? You've been a busy man over the last few weeks with your new theatre being launched. I have been, I have been, sorry I've been uh, off the radar, but we've launched Ayrshire Youth Theatre, um, 70 new members in the first week and a half, so it's been all go, I've got a lot of shows to write now, and it's just been great, but I've missed being on, I've missed you boys, it's been good. Well, to be fair, right, um, see when there's like an international break over a weekend, and you don't have a game to cover, it, it seems like a long, long time, two days, to go without talking about Celtic, I seem obviously... On a daily basis, I'm on here running through every nuance of Celtic from uh, youth development to transfer business. And of course, at the weekend, we were up against Bucky Thistle. Plucky Bucky. Uh, fair play to them. First and foremost, I see him. Fair play to the, <laughs> the opponents. I know that we had the ball in the net nine times. Um, Brendan Rogers does what Brendan does. Big respect after the game. Goes into the dressing room. People, I see, you know, People go on about the kind of David Brent aspect to stuff like that. But here's an example, right? A few years ago, uh, I was talking to a couple of the guys who were on the coaching team at Haddington. And Haddington Athletic were doing really well in the Scottish to the point where they got to the, 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 the first round proper, right? So I think they were like seventh tier. They ended up getting to the first round proper. And I'm not sure where they eventually got knocked out, but they came up against Brecon City. I think Brecon beat them 1-0. And it was at the time when Craig Levine was the director of operations or whatever his position was at Brecon. And the two guys um, in the, the coaching team said that they would have loved for Levine, you know, former Scottish go uh, international manager, I seem, to come in and just have a wee bit of chat, wee bit of cup of tea after the game, because it's just a respect thing, right? I mean, it's the, the fairy tale of the cup. It didn't happen. I don't know what that says about Craig Levine. So... <laughs> I think uh, Brendan Rodgers doing it, I think it should be complimented. I think fair play, Brendan. Yeah, like you said, there's probably been a, an element of over the years he's kind of had that reputation, like you say, the, the David Redgate character, but I think it's more says, says about the class of the man. I think, you know, it's a nice touch. Um, people within the game and other managers have all kind of commented how, how good a kind of guy he is, and that's something that the Bucky players will probably remember forever. You know, just Brendan going in there, giving them a wee, a wee chat. Um, so, no, I think it's to be commended. I think it was a nice touch, uh, something that, that their players will remember. And, yeah, I think he's, he's like that in general. He's got time for everyone. He's, he's always got... Um, something to say to, to different players and different uh, managers. And by all accounts, he, he's, he's good for, for chats after the game with other managers and things as well. So that doesn't surprise me. Um, and I think it says it says a lot about the man, really. It does. I mean, we all know Jerry. Well, some of us do know what he's like in a dressing room, like yourself. Big hugs. You've got the pictures to prove it, Jerry. 
You, you just took the words right out of my mouth, mate. So uh, I, I, I've been on that side of it. We were down, was it two? I think we were getting beat 2 nothing at half time. Brendan Rodgers yeah. comes out of the dressing room, has a quick chat with the players. We're up to each. Uh, by the time I've come on, obviously, so I've come on and then we've equalised. So obviously, I've helped at that um, <laughs> with that as well. But he is, and the whole David Brent thing, I know that it was quite a lot of people did think that. And I know that I've met him now, so obviously I've got this, oh, I've met him, so I'm going to be nice about him. But it's not that. It's He took time to speak to everyone. And it wasn't about him. He wasn't making anything about him. And any time, even when I went up to Celtic Park, he remembered my name. He came up and took the time to talk to me. He has a genuine nice guy. And those, unless they're Rangers fans, the Bucky players will absolutely love that. I mean, I'd like to see the ones that weren't Celtic fans, how they responded to it. But... Um, <laughs> I mean, most of them will go away. They'll tell their, their kids, their grandkids. It's what an occasion. He knew how big an occasion that was for them, and he's gone in there to make it even better. Some folk will see it as patronising, but it isn't. It isn't. He's done the right thing. If he didn't go in and showed them no attention whatsoever, people will say, "Oh, he's too big for his boots for them," you know. So he'll never be able to win. But he's a he's a class guy. I thought it was a great occasion. I did feel sorry for the Bucky player that missed the one on one against Joe Hart because. He'll just be thinking about that for the rest of his life and the time that he could have scored against Celtic but didn't. It was a strange one as well. A lot of people were kind of, I wouldn't say wanting Bucky to win, but they were kind of cheered them on at times, even Celtic fans. I thought, like you said, plucky Bucky. I'm an idiot that thought, oh, it'll be a cricket score, as you can see. I lost that bet. And it was a bit disrespectful, I think, towards Bucky. I thought they just, for the league that they're in, that they, I just thought they did absolutely brilliant yesterday. So well done to Bucky. Thanks for the occasion. Well, the, the thing is, Jerry, I wasn't going to mention the bet. I you know, I was just going to let it go under the radar, but you brought it up now. For anyone who didn't watch the game, <laughs> uh, the coverage of the game, rather, what, what bet are you talking about here? What are you referring right, to? Right, so, well, obviously I was really snobby, and I was like, if we don't win by eight clear goals, I'll, I did a Gary Lineker, didn't I? I said I would do the show in my underwear. <laughs> I, I generally thought we'd got a bit... Because that was me being reserved. I thought we'd have got about 10, and it's disrespect from mine. So if anyone thinks I'm just sitting here like some kind of trailer trash guy <laughs> with the vest on, it's not. I'm in my underwear. Listen, I think it's very <laughs> fetching. Very fetching indeed. I don't think I could pull off a vest, Jerry, but fair enough. You've got the, you've got the, the shout, the shoulders. I was going to say shooters. You've got the shoulders to pull off. Um, I, I, I think it's more about class and it's more about charm. I seem, uh, we know that. Brennan Rodgers has got a ruthless side when he needs to tap into it. You've seen it with players even. You know, I think uh, one of the most ruthless acts as the, as the manager since he's come back has probably been the Lagerbjelk situation. I know that he was back on the bench yesterday, <clears throat> but, you know, here's a guy that we've, we've paid good money for him. We've, we've paid the same money for Lagerbjelk as we have done for a new recruit in Nicholas Kuhn. And yeah. he, he doesn't fancy him for whatever reason. And even when he's coming in and, and scoring a goal against Feyenoord in the Champions League, he's dropping them. So there's the ruthless nature, and I'll come back to that with regards to the post-match comments around uh, the youngster Rocco Vata. Yeah. And then you've got that charm that he's got and the class that he's got. And I'm, I'm saying David Brent tongue-in-cheek because we've heard all the stories and all these podcasts about Gucci belts and talking in Spanish <laughs> in the dressing room and all that kind of stuff. You know, to be fair, I, seem, I love all that. I just think that's quirky. 
it's a it's box office rendering. You just don't know what you're going to get. It's from one extreme to another, but I think the fact that you guys have kind of had that first-hand experience of what he's like, because see the stuff at the Sin Rocks game and that that's not going to be really out there in terms of like mainstream media. So he doesn't need to do all that. You know, that's just him being him and him being genuine and coming along to an occasion and kind of just being being himself and knowing the impact that he can have and. So I think that says a lot. And you do see some interviews sometimes with him where you see a bit more of his kind of human side and he's, you know, away from football. I watched an interview once. I think it was like a, a golf thing. I don't know. It was one of those soccer yeah. things. And he just comes... Yes, that's the one. And I think he just comes yeah. across really well when he's away from the football and just, just being himself. And and I, you're right. I think some of the, the reputation he's had, and I think that was initially came about from that Liverpool kind of media programme, wasn't it? And I think ever since then, it's just kind of stuck. Um, but by all accounts, people that have had deals with him, be it ex-players, ex-managers, have got nothing but good things to say about him. So, I mean, you'd like to just kind of hang on that. But you're right, some of the some of the box office stuff, it's it's makes for entertaining viewing. Um, and he's he does. He's got both sides to him. He, he can be probably quite ruthless, as we've seen. Um, and he, you know, he, he takes no he takes no fools. So yeah, I like it. I like the the kind of mix he's got. And it looks like just in general, we've got a kind of happy dressing room and happy place at the moment in the last you know five six weeks with with the results going our way so you just hope that kind of carries on um and we kind of go from strength to strength there it's one of the things you know in the game of football you're going to be coming up against people who drop you don't play you don't rate you and you can you know it's one of these things that if if you did have a good relationship all those wee quirky things you would write them off as being quirky Right, and you'd have a bit of a giggle about it, but the minute your relationship, because the guys that are having a pop shot, pot shot at, at Brendan, it's because it, Brendan never played them or he yeah. sold them, or he didn't rate them, right? But that that wee quirkiness turns into who does he think he is? It's ego, it's this and that, and that's where that creeps in. Quite frankly, I thought it was brilliant uh, by Brendan Rodgers. I do really rate him uh, highly as a as a coach, the the man management that, that we've heard about in the past, and I think also there's a respect there. Jerry, because he's a guy who wasn't a great footballer, didn't have a great career as a player, and then he's come into the coaching side of things and really had to work it up from grassroots, you know, build up his reputation and his profile. So I think there's always that level of respect for the wee team. And by the way, you know, yesterday after the game, Jerry, I'm 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 sitting there thinking, I want Bonnie Regros. I want that, that that kind of fairy tale element of the cup. We'll have a chat about Obviously, the fact that we've got St Mirren, we'll be, be looking at uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers' contract talks, uh, the new signing, um, because you know Jerry's been off for a couple of weeks, hasn't had an opportunity to speak about him. Um, and we'll also be speaking about Rocco Vata. Listen, there's a klaxon, 10 minutes in, <laughs> Rocco Vata klaxon, Matt O'Reilly and his performance, Paolo Bernardo holding home, Kyogo Lewis Palma, Ross County coming up this weekend, and of course, Owen Beck, seven minutes for Liverpool at the weekend as well. Uh, get your thoughts in the comment section. Thanks, everybody, for uh, joining us today. 700 strong on a Monday afternoon, Jungle Lion. It's the wind that shakes the bucky. It is. And by the way, Jerry, I know some people don't like uh, alcohol and gambling on football jerseys, but I think Bucky Thistle are missing a, a trick. I really I think they need some kind of link in with the Benedictine monks. You could work that into your mascot, the whole thing. The, the jerseys would sell worldwide. Yeah, well, I'm going to get in touch with them because I've got a tour going out this year for the play that I've written called Blame It On The Bucky. So I'm going to try and tie in with them with that. So even though I don't drink, but I'm still writing plays about it, you know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, 
But, but it's such I, a part of the, the, the uh, let's, let's be honest, it's a part of the culture. Um, you know, you think of even sometimes where they appears in film. Remember the train spotting scene where they're down in London doing the deal and Renton yeah. wakes up and does the dirty on all his mates and there's a bottle of bucky on the sink and all that. It's one of these things. Uh, I'm 45 year old. Just a wee disclaimer here. I don't drink but fast tonic wine, but I know that a lot of people do partake in a wee swally here and there. Um, and I just think, Bucky Thistle, come on, get it on the jerseys. It would sell worldwide. Make them a few quid, I seem. Yeah, 100%. There's something something there to be had. Um, I'm not a drinker either. So uh, likewise, and, and to be honest, I'm not a fan of, kind of gambling um, companies on shirts and things. I think that's something that could be done away with, uh, just with the kind of gambling pandemic that's out there at the moment and stuff like that. But um, in terms of the, the play on words and the kind of the, the deals that could be had for Bucky, 100%, I think that's something that I thought they would have tapped into already. But um, like you say, Jerry, you could be the, the man to tie it all together. Let's, if there's anyone for Bucky Thistle watching today, get in touch with us. Let's make it work. Absolutely, yes. And by the way, just, just before we get into all the nitty-gritty of, of Celtic news and what's happening at Celtic Park with 10 days to go before that transfer window uh, slam shut. Jerry, you were talking about setting up a youth theatre. Um, tell us, how can we find you? Come on, give it a plug. You've got 70 members. We want to push that over <clears> 100. Initially. So where can we find you? If you go on to Facebook, it's Ayrshire Youth Theatre, and if you email Theatre at gmail.com, we do loads of different classes from musical theatre to comedy to improv, drama, all that kind of stuff. But we've also got an adult class, which has done really, really well. It's called the Ayrshire Creative Team. We've got two shows coming up, one for the youth theatre that I've written called Minging in the Rain. That's coming in June. And we've got the adult class. We're doing a horror, a murder mystery called the Calamityville Horror that I'm writing. So that's the next two coming up. So if you know somebody that's interested in the arts in Ayrshire, come and join us. You can be on all our shows um, and working with professionals in the industry. That's our USP. Everyone that teaches our classes is a professional that is currently working in the industry just now. There's a plug. Superb, Jerry. Superb. We'll be sharing the links on the socials as well. Supporting Jerry, the member of the Axom team, uh, as always. That's what we'll always do with anybody within the, the Axom contributors team. Obviously, we've had people like Jim Orr doing theatre shows, um, Kevin Graham releasing books, and we'll always push uh, the wares, particularly the creative side of that, Jerry. I love all that. Joe Hamilton, I hope you're well, Joe. You are commenting on YouTube. Brendan, Calling out Vata and praising Kelly. That's man management. Right. You brought it up, Joe, which allows me to discuss one of my favourite subjects, youth development. Rocco Vata. It's his fifth appearance for the club, four under Ange Postacoglu, his first under Brendan. There's been big question marks over him. I seem, I mean, we have spoken a lot to the point where people are now winding me up in the comments because it's all I've gone about <laughs> Vata. Um, and I take on boards, right, that a manager comes in He's, he's worked with this player now for, what, six months? He's obviously got an idea of his abilities, his attitude, his application, uh, where he is in the pecking order, because we've got quite a lot of players in that position. But I did find his uh, comments after the game quite interesting. This is what he said about Rocco. He has potential. He needs a lot of work. So he gives him the positive, then he pulls him back down. But I think he has some really good attributes. He's strong. He's got decent pace and he wants to score goals. It's all about discipline for young players, doing the work and having the right attitude. This is what Brendan is a master at, I seem. So within the three sentences, he's told them, I rate you, but you need to improve. Yeah. You need to improve if you're going to play in my team. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He's done that a lot this season, Rogers. With his kind of compliments, it's always backhanded compliments or like compliments with a butt. Um, you know, and a lot of the time it's it's with some of these younger players or or not even younger in terms of he had a similar comment about Mikey Johnson a while back, David Turnbull. So he's obviously. The the battle one's quite a strange one because we, on Friday we suddenly seen a U-turn in terms of there might be a deal to be had that just kind of came out of nowhere. So you wonder if, like, I'd, you don't want to speculate without knowing the facts, but you wonder if it is just like an attitude thing that behind the scenes something something's holding Rogers back in terms of really giving him an opportunity. Whether that's because, you know, there's speculation that there's not even been a deal offered to Vata or there has and he's refused to sign it. We don't know the exact ins and outs, or, or I don't know the exact ins and outs of that, so it's hard to fully speculate. But there's no smoke without fire that something's obviously been holding, holding the relationship back between them in terms of we've we're, we've only got obviously one striker at the moment. But even earlier in the season, there's been times where we've been crying out for maybe another winger or someone else to be given a go when we weren't playing so well, and he was still nowhere to be seen. Yet again, he came on yesterday. I thought he looked bright. He looks like he's bulked up. So again, I wonder if that's something he's been working on behind the scenes or something he's been told by the management and coaching staff that look, we need we need more physicality from you because he certainly looks like he's he's added that to his game. Um, he's got a good height. He's got uh, a bit of pace on him. He's obviously got an eye for goal. So he, by all accounts, he's the exact kind of young player that you want to be keeping at the club. But for whatever reason, as of last week, it looks like he's going to be going, which is just so unfortunate. Now I'm hoping that the the report that came out on Friday, the fact he's then had game time yesterday, scored Rogers' comments afterwards is just something that we can then push on and maybe get a deal signed and keep him because I think he is one for the future and it's, it's the kind of players you want to keep. So let's hope that's the turning point um, because it, I've got high hopes for him, but you just don't know what, what the actual issue is behind the scenes. Um, but Rogers, he, he everything he says is usually with a message. You know, he's very careful with his words. So if he's coming out and praising him, but then throwing in the butt, he needs, he's got a lot of work to do. He's got, you know, he needs to work on his this, that, the next thing. That, to me, tells you everything you kind of need to know. I, I agree. We can only really go with, with a word to the gaffer and anything else that we manage to pick up because we're nosy that way, Jerry. So if you're in the presence of ex-players and all that kind of stuff, you try and pick up as much as you possibly <laughs> can. Uh, my man says, Jerry, were you watching Die Hard last night? There's a no. lot of Jerry. Try up up. <laughs> that is a fair question. And Jerry, try up. Hey, Jared's not letting this go. Where's the mankini? So there you go. I Jared. know I did say I was gonna I was gonna wear a mankini. That'll be my next bit, but I don't I just don't want to that's no fair in the rest of you. So, I mean it's lunchtime. There's a couple of there's a couple of things that I can I can be broadcasting, Jerry, on a Celtic state of mind, and I can physically see uh, viewers dropping off. There's a couple of subjects that I know of. We start talking about them. The viewers will start dropping off. I'm not going to mention them, um, and I don't know what the response would be if you were to do such a thing. Rocco Vata. Rocco Vata. Yeah. Did you see? I don't know if you saw the, the images uh, after the game when Brendan Rodgers has come onto the pitch and he's been up to Rocco Vata. Did you see it? He's basically his actually. actions mirrored what he said. So if you see it, he was doing this. He went up to him. He looked quite frustrated. He was doing this kind of gesture as if you should have moved back first before you took that. And then he went, 
but well done, big, and then gave him a cuddle. So you could yeah. actually see that being visualised. You could see it, but I remember teachers being like that with me all the time. It was like the frustration that I wouldn't shut up and listen because I had the potential, and I got that from him. I think he's just, he may be getting sick of it, but like Asim, you're saying, there's a lot of butts when it comes to players, and we've no room for butts anymore. It's got, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't mean that as a pun in any way, but... There isn't. We don't have room for that. It's got to be, we need to start bringing in the players that we go, yes, they're ready. They're ready to go. Attitude, application, um, talent, a lot. And that's what we need to be doing as Celtic now. Yeah. That's what I think. I, I think he's a great wee player, but I think the attitude thing keeps coming up. I don't know. That's just hearing offhand. Has he got this, um, I don't know, I've been the wonder kid and I sh- should be treated better. I don't, I don't know. You never know what's going on behind the scenes, but there seems to be a few of them. I mean, him and Mikey Johnson absolutely loved that after it. You could see the bond that they've got, the young, yeah. the two of them. Well, Mikey's not that young anymore, but when he set him up and he scored, you could see it. I'd like to see more of him. I'm not too He's sure. 18, I don't think Brendan is, is keen. Is he? Is he 18? He's only 18, so, you know, he's, I think there's a lot uh, of potential. Maybe he'll be yeah. loaning into the SPL somewhere I would quite like to see. The thing, the thing with Rocco, and this has happened with Dembele, and it happened before him with Islam Farouz, is the hype. There's been a hype about him. You look at the other kid who came mm. on yesterday. You know, nobody's been speaking about Daniel Kelly. No one. Maybe his family. Mm. Uh, and he came on, and you're delighted for the boy, right? You're delighted for him because he's been at Celtic since he was 10 year old. This is what I keep going on about. A lot of these young kids, they've been at Celtic since they were 8, 9, 10. You know, they come into the team at 18 and 19, and you think they're Burns, but they've been at the club for 10 years. They'll do a testimonial when they kick the first ball for the first team. You know, they've been in the team and in the in the bills of Celtic that long and they know what it means to play for the club. So I think there's been a hype around Vata. And by the way, there's nothing the player can do about that, but it does add unnecessary pressure. And with that comes the, the responsibility of the club to try and protect them from the hype. Did we protect Dembele from the hype? I seem, I'm not sure we did. Did we protect Islam Farouz? Listen, I've heard all the stories about players' attitudes and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and you know, it's a bit of a balance. But you imagine, put yourself in their boots for a, a second. I seen 18-year-old, right? You're getting decent wages. You're a Celtic player. Everybody knows your name. It's going to be difficult to keep... By the way, Rudy Vata will keep the boys' feet on the ground. But it, it will be difficult to keep your feet on the ground, and then you've got agents in your ear telling you how great you are. You could get double, triple, <clears throat> ten times your money if you go to Italy and this and that. That's all happening in the background as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think the, the agent thing you mentioned at the end is a big one because you look back in, in you know years gone by in, in previous eras, that wasn't the case as much. Now there's so much involvement from agents from such a young age, and, and by all accounts, that was similar with Islam Farouz because you're right, he was the next big one. Um and then he went off to Chelsea, and then you just look at the the career path that's taken he's had since then. It just shows you like maybe these agents are ill advising them too soon, making these wrong moves. Because um, yeah, I, I remember the, the chat about him was he was going to be the next big wonder kid. Um, Dembele as well. I see he's playing at Blackpool, but again, people had such high hopes for him. He broke into the first team. I remember he had a really promising debut, and then the next season we see nothing of him again. So I think we we as a club have to do better in terms of managing how we, we, we give these players a pathway and how we deal with them. Um, obviously, the Ben Dock was the most recent one. Again, you, there's two sides to every story. You know, people say that it was the club's fault or, you know, you can't blame the player for taking such a big move to, to Liverpool. And to be fair, he's he's featured for Liverpool. You know, he's he's actually had um, opportunities 
within their first team. So, yeah, with with these kind of younger guys now, you you just have to make sure that we are if we're if we're not seeing a future for them, we have to obviously let them let them go because there's no point. But with the likes of Vata, it seems the club do want them. So I, I guess it's just there to see if there's a, a deal that can be ironed out. Um, same with Kelly. I thought he did well when he came on yesterday. Brilliant. Brilliant occasion for him to get his debut in front of the home crowd. Um, and that's what you want to see. Celtic fans love seeing the, the academy players get a chance. No, we do. We absolutely do. By the way, it's a, I do find it, it's an interesting topic. You get the, the cult player. The, you know the minute you start talking about cult players, and if you put it on, on the socials, it gets a lot of attention. People are drawn to it, right? And it's the same way young guys with hype. The hype that surrounded Ben Doak, Karamoko Dembele, Rocco Vata, Islam Farouz. It'll be interesting in 10 years' time to see. We know what happened to Farouz. He's been out the game for years. I mean, he never kicked a ball for Chelsea, I don't think. In fact, one of his loan clubs, I seem, I'm sure, was Blackpool. He, he had loads of loan deals out here, there and everywhere. He played a few games with Hibs under yeah. Alan Stubbs. People might forget. But, the, I mean, is it a good thing? There are some agents, I'm not going to say every agent, I'm not telling everybody with the same brush, that once they get that big move, and in Farouzi's case, it was Celtic to, to Chelsea, they'll get their cut. Are they that concerned what happens after that to the player? I don't know. Um, so these are the things these young guys need to be uh, aware of. And I've got to say, I think that, um, you know, with regards to Rocco, he's got Rudy in his corner and uh, he's a guy that will definitely, um, you know, for me, he'll represent him. I'm not saying it's his, he's his agent, but he'll definitely represent him in, in the right way as well. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Who else have we missed out? Who was the big, uh, the next big hope that it didn't quite work out for? Let us know in the comments section from all the different eras of Celtic support. And here we've got Double Denim. Hi, folks. Great to see you, as always. Great performance and result yesterday. Hoping that means Vata is staying and will get a chance in the first team. Still believe we need additional strengthening to kick on in the league. If you can hear a wee bit of banging in the background for my end, that's because we are getting a wee bit of work done um, in the studio at the moment. So I'll go and mute when Jerry and Asima are talking um, as well. Right, we need to talk about strengthening. We need to talk about the fact that we've got 10 days to go. Jerry Taylor, a bit of a disappointment because we thought we were in the hunt for Owen, Owen Beck, uh, who obviously played seven minutes of football for Liverpool yesterday. Um, and in a season, you can't play for more than three teams. Now, you'd need to look at the intricacies of that particular part of the rule book to see if you can sign for three teams because the only way that Celtic could sign them is if we then loan them out to Dundee to play some football um, that, I mean it, it's a bizarre scenario because it sounded obviously you had the mainstream reporting on it but we were getting some ch chat from good sources that, that Beck was on our radar and then he plays yesterday and mm -hmm. it's kind of Kai Bosch that isn't it Yep, scuppered our chances now. The thing that's getting me, right, because over the past few months, you're starting to hear more and more about this guy and you start to get a little bit excited, thinking, right, we're going to sign him. But what's getting me is, and no offence to Dundee or anything like that, but we needed a left-back in that window. Why were we not looking at him? Why did our scouts not know about this boy before he went to Dundee, which is my question. Because if we knew that uh, Burnaby was playing as much, we know there's been issues at left back. I'm just thinking, why did we miss out? But by them playing him yesterday, they obviously have seen that he's a player well worth having in their squad now. So we've missed out on that one, unfortunately. So I'm not going to dwell on it. But who knows? In the summertime, uh, it could be. They've obviously recalled him for Liverpool and not to sell him on. So 
now that they've played them. Unless, did Klopp not realise? I don't know. But it's out the window now, so we do need some signings. And the striker position's kind of getting me, because when it kind of hit me yesterday, if Kyogo goes off, who have we got right now? Obviously, Vata have been playing up front for, I, eh, for eh, the national team as well. And I don't know, striker for me, and still left back for me. I think Greg Taylor's good enough for us to see out the league, because we're not in Europe anymore. That was always my problem, that I didn't think yeah. he was good enough for Europe. He's good enough to see it out, but I'd like to see a left-back in so we can bed him into the squad ready for next season. So I, I said I'd give to the 3rd of January before I start getting a bit stressed. I had it in my head. I convinced myself, lads, that we had these signings ready to come in. I had, and I'm starting to get a bit, oh, we're maybe not going to get the players in we need. I think Kuhn's a decent signing. Don't know enough about him. Just YouTube, as always. Um, Brendan seems to really like him. But for me, a left-back just now and a striker are the priorities. Definitely striker. But I'm a wee bit squeaky bum time for me now. Well, you know, leading into this, Asim, we'll get back to Bucky Thistle and the performances, etc., and, and who did well for us. But leading into this, um, I was using words like patience and all this kind of stuff. Mm. And to get the quality, you need patience. And a few people said, listen, that sounds like a, a party line from the club. And I get that to a degree, but how can I possibly criticise the, the summer transfer window, which I have done since it happened? And then when we come into January, just, you know, it's a free-for-all, we just want bodies. It's not about getting bodies in the building. And I found it interesting over the weekend that, that Brennan Rodgers actually spoke about that. He could have had players yeah. in on the 1st of January. It, it clearly is all about quality over quantity this time around, isn't it? You know, that's the small crumb of comfort I'm getting, which is, like you say, Roger's comments that, you know, we could just be getting players in for the sake of it, which gives me a wee bit of hope that maybe in these last 10 days, because I'm I'm with you, Jerry. I For me, I know a lot of people say left-back, but out of the two positions right now, I, I feel like a striker's a priority because Greg Taylor's kind of came on to a game a wee bit again. Look, long-term, 100%, we need a new left-back. We need someone that's going to take us to the next level. But I think your point there, domestically, Jerry, I think we can get by with, with Taylor. The issue is, again, we've got no real backup. You know, in terms of Bernabe's not a viable backup. Um, worst case, you'd probably maybe need to move Ralston out to left back if Taylor got injured, or you could put Scales there. But again, why take away your one of your best centre-backs this season? So it's not ideal, but I'm looking at it in terms of the second half of the season. A Kyogo injury, and then you're starting to have to then rely on O, who we've not really at any point relied on as a main striker there in these two seasons here, um, putting a bad or Maeda up front again. I don't, I, I don't think that's the answer. It's too important a, se- a season for us. Um, the sixteen games to go, you know, we have to make sure we're giving ourselves the best opportunity to get this league sewn up. And if we don't go out and buy a striker, then I think that's negligence. I think that's you know, you look back to the the famous season that we didn't buy Stephen Fletcher and we mm-hmm. bought Willow Flood. Everyone always references that season as being one where we slept at the wheel. We thought we'd have enough and we, we lost in the last day of the season on the back of two nil-nil draws, I think it was, at the end of that season. Yeah. Everyone was crying out for it. If we'd bought Stephen Fletcher, all if buts and maybes, but you just knew as that second half of the season was coming, we're short here in the, the forward department. And again, for me, look, Kyogo's scored again yesterday. Hopefully he's, he's going to, you know, his form's going to carry on. But you're an injury away. And a lot of our issues this season has been at times breaking down stubborn defences. You know, in terms of the whereas I think defensively we, we we seem a bit more solid now. I think we'll be fine. 
But my issue is these kind of tight games where it's nil-nil and you're trying to break down a team, you want that penalty box striker. If it's maybe not working with Kyogo and you want to bring something different on the way we used to with Giacomacchus, we need something like that. Someone that just knows where the goal is and can get us a winner out of nowhere. Um, so that's a priority for me. And I think we've got eight, nine days. I think we might even end up seeing loan moves if we can't get like our, our priority signings. But I think we will, we will see a couple come in. Yeah, I, I do agree with that with regards to the loans. I seem. And by the way, when it comes to the strikers in the striking department, um, I can't even talk about that that period of time where there was a crossover where we had Yakamakis and O in the building because we had three strikers at that moment, Kyogo, O and Yakamakis, but it didn't last that long, of course. He was on his way out. It's like we had a replacement for him before he had left the building. So I think we've ran for far too long um, short in that position. I go I'll always go back to the game um, against St. Johnson. The game against St. Johnson on Boxing Day, which would have been 2022, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, uh, and Kyogo played and shouldn't have played. He was rushed back yeah. for that particular game. Um, might have been a year before. Um, he was rushed maybe. back. Yeah, rushed back for the game. It goes off and Joey Dawson comes on the podcast yeah. and it's like, that's how threadbare we were. We needed to strengthen Yakamakis of course, was injured at the time. We didn't. We didn't run with the three. We've never ran with the three. Um, and then you you look at the scenario and think, well, Kuhn can play through the middle. Um, Abada can play through the middle. Maeda can play. We get all that. But an out and out striker, I still think we need one. I'm really keen to bring in uh, as many of your comments as possible. And here's an interesting one. Paul Bosas, welcome back to the show. You're commenting on YouTube. Jack Aitchison, where is he now? Anybody without googling it. Where is Jack Aitchison right now? The youngest goal scorer Celtic have ever had. Um, 16 years of age he was when he came on against Motherwell and scored. 23 I forgot all age. about him. Yeah, he's only 23. So I've been at a lower, league, <laughs> a lower league English side maybe last season. Um, rings a bell. Yeovil right. or something. I don't know, I could be wrong. This is what he Does did. Tony Watt so count in this? Because obviously he wasn't spoken of as highly, but after that Barcelona goal, I don't know. Does he count? I think he is. Yeah. I think yeah. he does. I think he does, Jerry. Because 100%. even when we spoke to uh, Johan Mialbi, who of course was part of the coaching team when Tony broke through, he spoke about the potential around this boy, you know, and then he scores that goal against Barcelona. And he, you know, in a strange way, he said it could have been the worst thing that happened to him scoring that goal, you know, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, after yeah. that, with the hype and everything else that came with it, and then a few people in his ear. Um, by the way, shameless plug, go and check out the Johan Mialbe interview. It's, it's in full on the YouTube channel. And by the way, yesterday, um, because as I say, there was trampolines and uh, plastic bins flying all over the place, I decided uh, not to go for my normal wander around paradise this morning, just in case there was a, a tree or whatever in the, the, the roads trying to leave Fife. So we cancelled it today and it'll be happening at some point this week. But in the meantime, we do have some bonus material that's going to drop at six o'clock on the page. It's more of a kind of behind the scenes uh, Yuan Mialbe uh, video whereby I sat down and had a good chat with Big uh, Mialbe. And uh, that was backstage. We spoke about the Barcelona game. We focused on that game and we focused on three figures from that game. Um, so check it out. Uh, Wan Yama, Fraser Forster and Tony Watt as it happens, are the three players we focused on. Right, so Jack Aitchison, now 23 years of age. He went from Celtic. He had a couple of loan uh, moves to Dumbarton, Alawa Athletic and Forest Green. He then joined Barnsley. He joined Barnsley uh, before moving on to uh, Stevenage on loan 
Uh, he went to Forest Green again, went back to Barnsley. He spent a wee bit of time with Motherwell, believe it or not, and he is now plying his trade in League One with Exeter City, the 23-year-old who is in the Celtic history books as being the youngest goal scorer of all time. So that's where Jack Aitchison is now. Um, let's talk about our new signing then, guys, uh, because obviously transfer window is still open, 10 days to go. Uh, Stevie Mitzi, one, says, Kuhn will need to be some player to keep a bad out. I get the feeling that he'll be a super sub. Right, so straight off the bat then, we bring in a winger, Jerry, and I don't think m- many of us were talking about wingers. A bad, I seen. Were you talking about wingers bringing in a winner? Yeah, you I, did, I didn't was you? really keen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've just said left back, goalie, striker, but the goalie will happen in the summer. So we bring in a winger, and it leaves us kind of top heavy in that department, Jerry. And I think the big question is, what does it mean for the rest of them? Who are who would you say is are the four wingers that are your your first team players, and what do we do with the rest of them? Abada, Maida, definitely without a doubt. Who am I missing? Yang's never Palmer. really... Palmer, sure. Palmer, Yang, Palmer. I'm just trying... Palmer, I love Palmer, but his low average is with him just now. He's like... He, he does the same move over and over again. Eventually, he might break through, but he's got that skill. He's just really frustrating. I think next season, we'll see the best of Palmer. So, I always want Palmer to start. So, it's hard when it comes to Maida Abada. Abada, obviously, was a bit off yesterday because he was... He was acting like Yang with the amount of offsides that he was getting, but he's there, he's in about it. I think Abad is one of our strongest players. So for me, I think it's is James Forrest going to go? Yang's going out? I, I don't know. Is he going to be using him as a winger? I don't James know. James can't go because he's good in the dressing room. He's, he's good at the He's going to go anywhere. <laughs> now, for me, the strongest four would definitely be Maida, Abada, Palmer, and I think there's... Kuhn, going, yeah, going yeah. by what I see. It looks like he plays through the middle a lot with his last team. I don't know if that's just he's just a heedless chicken, but a lot of the stuff I've seen him through is straight through the middle. But he's what he plays in the right, but he's left footed, am I right? Yeah. I he like the look me... of the guy. But I also Sorry, like to look I also like to look a Quan, remember. However, however, the boy's done all right, isn't he? He's done all he right does. since he went this. Yeah, he has. He absolutely has. Yeah. And by the way, just I know he's sent a red though. Just to interject on that one, right? Uh, we're talking about, we opened the show up talking about Brendan, the way that he builds relationships, etc. And he's been doing that with Stephen Robinson. If you think back, every single yeah. time we've come up against the Robinson team, and just listen to Brendan Rodgers, the way that he absolutely heaps praise on that that manager. Um, and, and to build these relationships, it does work in your favour, because then you want to loan a player out, pick up the phone, yeah. you fancy him. And I think it works in that respect. I see my think. I agree with, with Jerry. That's my top four strikers, uh, wingers rather, right? That's my my top four wingers, and and I think below that you've got for me Yang and Tilio. I want them out in a development loan deal. Um, then you've got Johnston and Forrest. I think Johnston, yeah, a wee, a wee bit tricky and all that. Yesterday we know we, we're going to get that from from Mikey Johnston, but look at the the, the level that that we were playing yesterday. Um, Johnston, I would still, if I could get a deal uh, permanently, I would move him on. Jamesy Forrest, good in the dressing room, keep him. And finally, Vata, obviously, is the one we've already discussed. And I think he's one for the future. So that, that's the way I would play it. But I definitely would look at Yang and Tilio for loan deals, Asim. Uh, yeah, we're, we're top heavy in the wing area. But the reason I was so keen to get one in is because they're not all contributing. And they're not all contributing consistently. So for me, you could, you could almost 
wipe half of them away in the last, you know, before the before we started our kind of good run of form, we were trying one a new one every week. You know, Mikey Johnson had a shot for a while, wasn't doing it. Yang wasn't doing it. Talio wasn't featuring. James Forrest for me, okay, people say, you know, good teammate. Uh, you know, I love James Forrest, brilliant servant, but he's not a contributor anymore. I know he scored that goal in St. Johnston, but you look at that game at Lazio away, you look at any other game now, he's not, he's just not got the, the attributes now to be able to really positively contribute in a game. So I don't count him really in terms of our starting winger options. Um, so you take him out of the picture. I think Mikey Johnson again yesterday is just, you know, symptomatic of, of what we see with Mikey Johnson. He'll come on, look really bright, set up a goal, and then you're like, okay, that was not bad. Then he'll start the next game and it would, you know, so that's what we've seen with Mikey Johnson for, for as long as I can remember now. So again, I, I'm not going to think he's going to be a regular contributor going forward. I, I would agree. I think it's time for him and the club to just find a deal for him to move on for, for all parties concerned. Um, Yang, I agree. I think he's someone that can benefit from a loan, preferably again within our own league. Tell you, I've got no idea because, again, what have we seen? A minute or two of him. Um, again, Brendan Rogers' comments about him always don't exactly strike you as a lot of an encouragement that he actually sees him as someone that he wants to use going forward. It's almost kind of a throwaway remarks that we've seen with him, the way he was with Shred the first time, stuff like that. So, you know, you, you can almost tell when a manager speaks what they what their plans are for that player. And I just don't think he's got big plans for Telly. It looks like a signing that was obviously agreed prior to Brendan coming in. Um, like maybe many of them were. But for me, it's the four that you have mentioned. And and I, the good thing with Kuhn, from from what I've seen and what you hear, he's he's different to the other ones that we've got. He's a he's a eliminator. He's someone that can take players on. He'll dribble well with it. For all of Maida's strengths and weaknesses, we do know that one of them isn't that. He's not, he's not a creative player. Abada as well, he's fast and you've seen what he can bring to the table yesterday, but he's not someone that when he's got the ball, you feel like he can he can skin a man with a bit of skill. Palma can, but again, he's not got the pace. So what Kuhn does is bring you that other thing that we've not got in the other three wingers. So I'm looking forward to that. It reminds me almost like Paddy Roberts when he when he was kind of effective for us and, and Rogers kind of really got the benefit out of Roberts. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring. The, the fact he can play across all three front positions is a benefit. Um, I think he said he can play as a 10 or on the right, but I think we'll predominantly see him on that right-hand side. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring to the table. Hopefully he'll be fit and ready for, for Ross County to feature at some point. That'll be good to see. Yeah. Definitely. Think, yeah, Jerry. I'm sorry, but do you think like Brendan Rodgers, he's acting like a bit of like a lion here. Do you know how like if a lion comes into a new pride and then they just kill off all the cubs from the, the previous <laughs> line? I think that's what Brendan Rodgers is doing with Andrew's signings just now, but he's just doing it subtly, isn't he? He's yeah. coming in, the Tilio's no mine, Yang's no mine. I just yeah. think he just he needs his I think own he wants his own he wants his own squad, yeah. And then I think Aye. he feels that he can be fully judged once he's got a core nucleus of his own players, and right now he's he's obviously not. See what you've done there though, in a nutshell, that's exactly what I see this window being, right? And I know that summer and, and winter windows are different. They they always are, right? You're not going to bring in the, the amount of bodies as you would in the summer. However, I think what you've just said is key there. This this is Brennan Rodgers' transfer window. I think that's what's key. And in the last one, he can say what he wants because he needs to out of respect for the club and, and his new employers and all this kind of stuff. And he doesn't want to throw a cat amongst the pigeons and say, I'm not buying these guys. But And, and also, he might have to call upon the players at some point during the season before they leave the club. So he needs he needs to get their buy in uh, uh, as well. So I, I think he's been pretty cute with that. I'm not going to regard what he said there 
on the same level as what he saved with the Prada belt. I think they're two different things, right? <laughs> so uh, for me, if, if we sign two or three players, and I would like it to be three in this window, I think the confidence I'll take for that is that it's been Brendan that's been involved in that, rather than legacy signings like you were saying there, Jerry. And by the way, every time I, I read that the list of wingers, I forget about Haksabanovic, which is uh, what Robert Highland is referencing there as well. An unused sub for Stoke. There's so many players, and by the way, it's always been an issue. They come in and they show you their absolute best for the first few weeks, and then they tail off. Jackie, Jackie yeah. and Oski done it with us. And I remember when Jack and Oski, right, we sold them to Bristol City. And he played in the same team, Jerry, as Andy Cole. A young Andy Cole made his team at Bristol City, got the big move to Newcastle, and we know what happened after all that. And, uh, you know, it, it, honestly, if you look at Jack Janowski's start for his career at Bristol, the fans thought he was a genius. Three or four months later, he's playing for the reserves. And that, there's a lot of... Dirk, Dirk Berichter? Remember his first five minutes? Yeah. I thought we've we got an absolute gem here. We've got a player uh, here. We've got a player. I think the one that I never ever thought that about was uh, Mo Bangura. Uh, he's a guy that I'm not sure what happened with that. That was. I've told, I've told you the, the the conspiracy theory about this Bangura. You heard about this? Did we so the wrong my one? mate was a scout. Was a scout for uh, an SPL team, right? And he was friends with Neil Lennon. I'm not going to say his name because I'm still pals with him. And this is true. What he told me, gospel. He told me this. <laughs> they signed the wrong Bangura. They'd scouted someone, but it was the Bangura, you know, the one that was doing great. And I think he ended up maybe at, was it Bayern or somewhere like that? But we signed the wrong one. That's the rumour that they went, oh, it's this Bangura. And they brought him over and went, that's that's no him. So yeah, that's the conspiracy theory that I've heard. I do Even remember they all posted note in his car. Remember that's that? Right. I, that was I, the best Bangura moment. Remember, we were talking to Charlie Mulgrew and we never brought up Bangura. We spoke about players that looked as though they'd never kicked a football and they've been flown in, and he said he was, hands down throughout his entire football career, the worst footballer he had ever seen. It's like he'd never, never Isn't kicked Larson that recommend, Larson recommended him as well. <laughs> was yeah. I? Henrik. <laughs> but I remember he actually came, did he not come back and play against us? I think that always happens to us. I, he hit the post players. like an overhead kick or something like that. I think he was playing for Ellsberg or something. Um, played but, well. And it's, it always seems to happen, if you remember Joe Engerberget, who... Was was a nothing for us, and then suddenly came back and effectively put us out of the Champions League qualifier by scoring in the last minute for Malmo. So sometimes the players, it's, it's a personality thing as well. You come to Celtic, you need to have a certain personality about you and be able to wear the shirt. And a lot of these players come and they just can't do it, and then they go away somewhere else, and you see that they they forge a decent wee career. But um, even that bio, did he not start doing okay for Watford? He did. Um, so, he did. Uh, it's, it's a, whole list of, a whole list yeah. of these players we could talk about. Pookie's out the most recent uh, one. Pookie, he went, Pookie went, went really, really well. Goal machine. Um, Kaiser, Kaiser, we've been all positive here. Kuhn is a direct replacement for a batter. Listen, I can see why people are saying that. <gasps> um, I hope we get out of this transfer window and we've still got Leela Bada on the books. Now, I know. Listen, you can only play against your opponent that's in front of you. But I think yesterday, if we can just get him to refine his offside um, rule, understanding of that rule, he will get back to that point. I just feel that there is an understanding, and there was an understanding with Jota and Kyogo, but it's all about movement. I'm not saying it's telepathic, but there's an understanding in football. And I think Abada knows the runs that Kyogo makes. Um, how often have we seen him You know, finding him and uh, Kyogo... You know, it's for me that that's the kind of ball 
And yeah, the goalie probably should have got it, but that's the kind of ball that he thrives on. And I think in the second half of the season, and I said it when I was looking at the game this morning, I think a bad is going to be key. We need to keep him. We need to keep him. But we can only keep happy players at the club. Big Red, I don't want Forrest going anywhere. I want him to be a one-club man. Tongue-in-cheek when I'm talking about Forrest, but I'm going to go back to what you've just said there, Asim. I think this comes down to mentality. It comes down to the mentality. And I'm going to link this into Palmer, right? Because I don't think Palmer's played for a football club with the same kind of standards and demands that you get the minute you walk into Celtic Park, whereby you can't draw a game. You know, a nothing each draw at Easter Road isn't good yeah. enough. And there's certain players that eventually get that and, and then they are part of that, that culture within the club. And there's certain ones who never get it. And generally speaking, they won't make it at Celtic. Jamesy Forrest, Callum McGregor, Tony Ralston, that type of player that's come through the ranks and, you know, they know the inner workings and the fabric of the club and the, the demands that the fans in the club has are key. They're absolutely key. They're critical. Now, if he wasn't playing, I'd have a different opinion of him, Jerry. But James Forrest will play. He won't play every game. He will play. But I do think there's an important element which is non-football when it comes to a player yeah. like James Forrest behind the scenes. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's, that's what Celtic's all about, isn't it? He's been there for... How many years is it now, actually? 15th season. It's his 15th season. 15th season. seasons. Look, I think with this season, it was a case of they knew they were keeping him. He was getting game time. He's got that goal now that means he scored every single season. He's not going to want to risk that next season, I don't think, getting less game time. I think it's going to be a case he's either going to retire or he's going to move on. Or is he going to stay behind the scenes? I don't know. It doesn't... It, it doesn't scream coaching ability or manager, uh, manager when it comes to James Forrest. He doesn't look like that outgoing kind of personality. Who knows? Does he want to stay in the game? We don't know. I get what you're saying about how you want to see him being a one-club man, that comment that come up. However, he might still feel that he's got a lot to offer. So who knows? I was going to say Fleetwood, but Scott Brown's not there anymore, is he? So no, not no he's not. But, and, and but I was is... talking about... I, but it's not disrespect what we're talking about. We know what he's given us over the years. He'll go yeah. down as a legend of the club. But us saying that his time's up, it's not disrespectful in that. It's just we're seeing how it is now. He'll be seeing it himself. He's been a fantastic servant. He'll be great having around. I don't think he's great having around because he's, he's good in the dressing room. But his whole story, that can encourage all these other younger players to say, look, this is how James Forrest got his chance. Stick in there. It might happen to you as well. And he's a Presswick boy. He's from, he lives around the corner from where I was brought up. So, he <laughs> still drew you a jersey as well, by the way. He is still drew me a jersey, by the way. I'll, call him up for I'll say to Brendan next time I'm making coffee with him. I text him. <laughs> uh, young Vaughan looked fine yesterday too. Home kind of came in from the blue, asking. Uh, mm. There was mention the other week there from Brendan Rogers that he'd been ill. He's had a, a few injuries. He's had a bit, for me, a bit of a, an up and down start to life yeah. at Celtic where he's had some really good performances. Um, and, and yesterday turned out to be one of them. And I think also he's had a disappointment he like the red card against Feyenoord, for example, match day one. But over the piece, for a guy who's just turned 21, um, mm. I think Odin Holm, he's one for the future. He's going to play a number of games this season, but he's not a first pick. He's no one I would want to send out on loan, though, because I think he's going to get enough game time enough game time at Celtic. Um, and I think long term, if we can continue with his development, he'll end up turning out to be a right good buy for Celtic. I mean, there's been a bit of an investment there, bringing them over. 
Um, loads of games under his belt before he's come in competitively. I know, again, I keep using this as a caveat, the standard of opposition wasn't great yesterday, but it was good to see him getting the game time and a nice reminder that, you know what, he has contributed this season and I'm pretty sure that when called upon in the second half of the campaign, he will be somebody you can rely on as well, Asim. Yeah, he's he's one that came in with a fair, not reputation, but I remember you get those kind of polls at the start of a season about top 100 young players to look out for and he was he was among that. He's obviously played quite a lot for a young player um, and he was one that I was kind of had high hopes for and I would say that out of all the summer signings, Palma accepted. Um, he's probably been the next one that people have I looked at and thought he's got something there because even in his earlier appearances, he did, he did look like a neat and tidy player. Um, again, maybe the physicality element was something that you know he could he could work on, but he looks like he's got something. Um, obviously, then the red card happened, and then he's been he's had a few chances in some of the home games. I remember um, around the time that we were maybe it was a Motherwell game, or I can't remember if it was Hearts, but he didn't really take the chance. Um, but that was around the time where nobody was. We had the two midfield positions of McGregor O'Reilly. And the third was pretty much a lucky dip between Turnbull, Awata, Bernardo. You know, nobody was cementing their spot. Um, but now that he's came back, I thought Rogers made comments yesterday before the game how he wanted him to really come in and, and dominate and, and show he's worthy of that spot in, in McGregor's absence. And I thought he grew into the game really well. I think he, once he got his goal and just generally he's got some neat touches, he's got a He's, he's quite clever as well. He looks like he's someone that can definitely grow into that role. And I agree, I think that's someone that I would keep um, in that kind of midfield core that we've got of, of players. I'm quite happy with the current midfield situation, if I'm honest, between McGregor, O'Reilly, Hatati, Bernardo, Iwata and home. I think that's a good mix of players, a good nucleus. And if one drops out, someone can come in and, and do a job. So, yeah, I'm liking the look of him. Um, I think he's definitely one that can develop. Again, Rodgers is... That's one of his main skills um, that we've all been told about and that we've seen that is he can he can bring players along and, and improve them. So, yeah, I'd like to see home get some game time where possible. Obviously, we've got a, a very important run-in now, so whether he'll see a lot of game time, we don't know. But even just coming on in games, maybe seeing a game out and things like that, I think he can bring a lot to the table still. Yeah, awesome. I agree with that. Yes. Awesome. Do you, do you remind me, can you remember what Paul John put in the group chat just before home scored? Yes. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be screenshots. He done a lot of running. Jerry done a lot of running. I thought he needed a rest. The, the timing <laughs> of it was perfect. The, the timing of it was literally about 30 seconds before he, he completes a really nice one-two and, and slots it in. But I'll let you, Paul John, um, enlighten the, the viewers. <laughs> the thing is, I seen what you do on, on social uh, media is you don't just type in everything that comes to your head. You think that you're in a safe place to do that in a WhatsApp group um, and that no, nobody's going to... Dig you out for it live on the Monday. Sorry for throwing you under the bus, mate. That's fine. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't think he was having a great game. I think he came into it, it was, uh, yesterday. Yeah. That, that's my comeback from that, in any case. Uh, by the way, talking <laughs> in social media, Uncle Nobby Steamboat, that did look like an impressive fry-up that you were indulging in. Jerry, what's see when you put right? Remember we we were on Axum and we were talking about rolls and sausage once, and then they just lit up. See if you put a picture of your breakfast up online, everyone's got an opinion. <laughs> and it's split. It's split the nation, by the way. I'm telling you. So I like my beef sausages a bit rare. If it's a pork sausage, I'll cook them really thingy. Megan made it for me, so it was a belter. So folk were slagging off that I didn't have a totty scone. Can I just say the shop didn't have any? Uh, what else? My bacon fruit was food. cremated. Did you have fruit, fruit I, I like crispy bacon. 
fruit pudding. By the way, somebody's told me that apparently a wee fried a wee fried fruit scones quite nice on a thing as well. Oh, listen, no, a fried one, a toasted one. Everybody that's um, you know watching from afar will be saying, "What on earth are you talking about?" Our big Costa Rican fans and the guys in Vietnam that tune in on a regular. Sometimes we hit number one in the charts in Vietnam. Wow. Um, so yeah, <laughs> you can give them the culinary uh, delights from Scotland. Nice one. The thing about um, it was, I was watching the game, and the reason I put it up was Megan brought me a full fry up while I'm watching Celtic play. I mean, you can't get better than that, can you? That, that's it was a flex. paradise. That's part, and, and and in the meantime, people at the game um, are getting like absolutely pummeled with rain on the side of the feet, and there's you sitting with the feet up, just lording it up, absolutely. Um, Mantis toboggan, AMD, all gambling, alcohol, advertising should be illegal. It will happen. It will happen. The Scottish game um, have already confirmed that they will not be affected at the moment by the gambling regulations, but I think it will happen in time. I mean, you just need to look through old football programs to see how. Tobacco companies used to be advertised all over football stadiums and in the programmes, and now that's changed, and it will change. Robert Highland picks up on the fact that Quan got the man of the match at the weekend. I just think, you know, we've been banging on about it when you've got a bloated squad, get them out to play. Montgomery at Motherwell, obviously Quan um, at St Mirren. I think Tilio needs to go out, Yang needs to go out, any other players, even the ones that are not going out to develop, get them game time, and it helps us to move them on. Because at the moment, you, you could look at a player, I seem like uh, Burnaby, say you're, you're looking for a left back, he's popped up on your short list, and then you look at the game time, and you think to yourself, right, am I really going to be taking this boy on? He's barely played. So I just think even with a guy like him, get him out to play, because it will make it a lot easier to offload him at the end of the campaign as well. I mean, I had big high hopes about the amount of players we were going to offload, you, you mentioned the, the central midfielders. You didn't mention Turnbull. He was an unused right. sub again yesterday. I posed the question last week, which ex-Celtic player was sketched by Pablo Picasso? And this morning, something else posted a video of Picasso painting a bull. And it wasn't David Turnbull that he painted. It was a guy <laughs> called Seaton Early. Look him up. Seaton Early left Celtic and moved to Cannes. One of his neighbours was Pablo Picasso. They both liked a bevy. <laughs> And Seaton Early, ex-Celtic player, honestly, unbelievable story. Ended up being a life model for Pablo Picasso because he had the athletic stature that he wanted for sketching. Seriously. So that's amazing. That's unbelievable. The things you learn, Jerry, just by talking to people. I was talking to a guy um, called Tommy Carruthers, who's a martial art expert. Like, you know, he's a friend of Bruce Lee's family and all that kind of stuff from Glasgow. And I, I was just before the interview saying, you know, that it is a Celtic podcast that I do. Have you got any kind of link to the club? Well, there is one. I'll tell you about it during the pot. And it, it tells me that story. It was a <laughs> mic drop moment, you know what I mean? And uh, apparently some of the sketches are still within the family. That's amazing. Probably. I wonder, what, right, see if any of the viewers can tell us, what's the most amazing fact that you know about a Celtic player that isn't related to the actual team? I, went and I love stuff like that. I love that. It's unique. It really is unique. But it does take us on to the fact that Pablo Picasso painted a bull at some point and we've got our very own bull, <laughs> I've seen, and uh, David Turnbull. What do you do with the boy? What do you do with him? I think he needs to find another club for I, for, for his own career. You know, I think he's he's a, he's too good a player not to be playing football. I just don't think he's a... I was going to say he's not a good enough player to play for Celtic, but I mentioned this in one of the other kind of um, channels I was speaking on yesterday that 
it's more, I think, again, it's a personality thing for me. When you look at him at Motherwell, he used to take the game by the scruff of the neck. He was their main man. He enjoyed that role. He dominated games. He, he looked like he was going to be the, you know, the next big talent. But I just, we've just not seen that enough for Celtic. You know, he doesn't take his chance when it comes, you know, consistently enough or in big games. He's not someone you feel you can rely on to really get you out of the hole at times. I know he's, you know, he scored a fair few goals in terms of long range efforts, but just in general, over his piece, you know, I like him, but I just don't know if he's got that, like I say, personality to really flourish and, and move on and, you know, take him to the next step at Celtic. So I think for him and for the club, I think, you know, he's obviously, his deal's coming to an end. So whether that's going to be now or in summer, I think it's time for him to move on. The fact he didn't even come on yesterday, I think, was quite telling. The fact Burnaby didn't come on, I think that's the manager putting out a message as well that these are the kind of guys that aren't really in his plans. So if we can get rid of them, um, that sounds harsh, get rid of them, but offload them in the next 10 days, I think, again, that'll be good for the for the squad. And just we just need to start trimming it down. You're right, we're still far too top-heavy. And and you wonder if that's holding us back in terms of bringing people in, because I know historically we are we're bad for that. You know, we're we're reactive rather than proactive. Mm. So we'll be thinking, oh, we need to get rid of these guys first, rather than get players in, let's get this league one, deal with what we need to do after if, if that's the case. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all of that, I've got to say. And we do talk about players like they're just commodities, you know, just get rid of them and, and all this stuff. We do as football fans, we, we fall into that that kind of habit. But, you know, when you're looking at that squad, players like Bernardo, Segrist, McCarthy, Kobayashi, McCarthy, um, Turnbull, they players need to move on. They need to move on, and hopefully it happens in this particular window. But uh, picking up on something Jerry said there, any quirky wee Celtic tales and stories, honestly, put them, fire them into the comment section. I love all that stuff. And I'm going to be doing a series of videos in 2024 Done slightly differently, Jerry. You know the style I'm going to do them in. Done slightly differently, and it's all that type of uh, interesting, wee, quirky stories that you'll get in the history of Celtic Football Club that I'll be covering. So please share them. I'll do a wee bit more research, and we will cover them on the channel. By the way, that was a very quick hour. We've spoken about everything from diehard vests to eating sincerely <laughs> being painted by Pablo Picasso to the way that J- Jerry enjoys his football with his feet up in a big fry up. And there was a wee bit of football in there as well. So thank you, everybody, for getting involved. A thousand strong on the live stream on this Monday afternoon. All that's left for me to say is thank you once again, Jerry Taylor, Asim Rabani, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Podcast Network.